Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. We have finally reached championship weekend. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Good morning, Christopher Burrow Canty. No, I'm not Burrow. That's not my middle name. Stop doing that. I'm not Joe Mixon or any of the other Cincinnati Bengals players that were saying, let's go to Burrowhead after we beat the Buffalo Mm -hmm. Bills. That ain't me. Okay. And I ain't rolling with the Cincinnati Bengals. There, I said it. Well, that's clear. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. As we said, we've got so much to get to, including what this weekend actually means in terms of Jalen Hurts and is Brock Purdy actually the next? Uh, I can't even say it, but we'll get to that all in a bit. Right now, let's roll. Here we go. go, go. Only one place to start. And that is with Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. You look at the game this weekend, you couldn't have a better matchup. You couldn't have a better opportunity to, to see arguably the top two quarterbacks in the game right now. I don't know if it's arguable, big mm. fella. I think those are the two best quarterbacks in all of football. When you start breaking down the quarterback tiers, tier one is Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and nobody else. Those guys are in a separate room unto themselves. You can have a discussion about everybody else in Tier 2, but the best two quarterbacks in football are Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes. And we're going to see them on Sunday. And it really begs the question, as far as the two of them, who actually has the most to gain from this weekend? And I I have to tell you, like, who has the most on the line? Yeah. I, I, I look at it. Patrick Mahomes has got an awful lot on the line this week, and I know that people might look at that and say, what are we talking about here? Well, guys... This is now five championship games in his home stadium. He has lost to this guy already, and so far he has just one championship to show for it. He's got two Super Bowl appearances, but now is the time for Patrick Mahomes, while he might be the best quarterback in the game right now, probably is, he needs to start to get to that next level where we start talking about the all-time greats. And what do we talk about first and foremost with all-time greats? championships not in the singular but in the plural we're not talking about tom brady level yet but chris he does have to start to stack those lombardi trophies to really be in that conversation well here's the thing i don't know if i want to frame it as the most to gain when it comes to these two quarterbacks because they're already the two best quarterbacks in the entire league i think i would put it as the quarterback that has the most at stake This weekend, because when you look at all the things you pointed out with Pat Mahomes, his fifth consecutive conference championship game at Arrowhead and only having one championship to show for it, that would be a little bit disappointing. But on the other side, you got Joe Burrow. And this is a guy that's been met with a lot of fanfare after what he did in winning or getting to the Super Bowl last year and besting Pat Mahomes not once but twice in 2021. He did it again in the regular season in 2022. But just how good is Joe Burrow? Is he going to be a guy that gets to the biggest moment, the biggest stage the game has to offer and come up short? I mean, is he going to be in that Dan Marino category? Is he going to be in that Jim Kelly category where you go to consecutive Super Bowls and you still don't have anything to show for it? There's a lot at stake for both of these quarterbacks, and I know it's crazy to have this conversation because both of these guys are 26, 27 years old, 
But we have to start thinking about their legacies because they already established themselves as the best quarterbacks that the game has to offer. So I think that's what's on the line when we start talking about this particular matchup in championship weekend. Here's Burrow on facing the Chiefs. And listen, we've all talked about his confidence. He's also very smart in the way he handles himself. Take a listen. We've been in these spots. We have the experience. We know what team we're playing. Team that's been to this game the last five seasons, they've all been in that stadium. To me, they're still the team to beat, and then we're coming for them, but we know it's going to be tough. We know it's going to be hard fought, and we know the kind of players that they have on that side. Well, look, he's always going to do all the right things. The confidence is, in most times, unspoken outside of when he says, the window is wide open during my entire career, Mm -hmm. and, and comments like that, and I'm always confident. I never feel like an underdog, but Chris... Burrow, as much as we could talk about that, I still think it's entirely too early, even though his age is a bit advanced for where he is. It's entirely too early if he goes out there and loses a a Super Bowl to Mahomes where we're going to start having the Jim Kelly conversation. Because as great as he is, I still believe there's so much in front of the guy. I think Jim Kelly was in the midst of his prime through all of it, and... He didn't have, you know, it was a lot harder to get as many bites at the apple back then than maybe it is now when we look at Mahomes having five straight championship games at home. Well, I don't know if we can say that. I think that's underselling the greatness of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and what they put together in Kansas City. Mm. Think about it. The AFC is by far the more difficult of the two conferences. The AFC by far has the better list of quarterbacks that you're going to have to contend with. Think about all of the quarterbacks that are in the AFC, guys that are in line for top-of-the-market contracts this coming offseason. Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen already got paid. Pat Mahomes already got paid. We'll see what ends up happening with uh, with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland but, and what he ends up looking but if like. Burrow but wins Trevor Sunday, Lawrence already won right. a playoff game in his second year. There is a, a, a who's who list of quarterbacks in that AFC that, that – that are going to make it increasingly difficult for Joe Burrow to get back to this stage year after year. And so that's why I don't know if it's premature to have the conversation and compare him to guys like Dan Marino and guys like Jim Kelly if he doesn't get a championship this year. But if he wins, if he wins on Sunday, would you take him above everybody else? Among that list of quarterbacks you just gave? If he wins on Sunday, am I going to take him over Pat Mahomes? Probably not. But I think he ultimately ends up wearing the crown as the best quarterback in the game currently. Well, it leads to the point, are the Bengals going to become the team to beat here? Because so many people have jumped on them. They are still in the position, fortunate as it is, to not have paid him yet. They've got a lot oh, that's of happening. That's happening this offseason. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, like, right now, uh, as they move forward here in the next couple of years, because it'll still be relatively cap-friendly, even though he's going to get an extension this offseason for next year. Yeah. Are, are they the team to beat here over the next couple of years? Well, without, even this week? without getting too far into the weeds, I, I think there's clearly a competitive advantage when it comes to roster construction because Joe Burrow still is on a rookie deal. And think about it. The quarterback that he's going up against this weekend had to lose his, his number one receiver and arguably the most explosive player in the entire NFL in Tyreek Hill because of salary cap constraints. So... Yeah, I think there is an advantage that the Bengals have, which should put more pressure on Joe Burrow to get this thing done, to find a way to beat Pat Mahomes for a second consecutive AFC title and get to his second consecutive Super Bowl. But this is, this is the point with Burrow. He's going to get that money, 
And Burrow, I think we both agree, is going to be the force multiplier, is going to be the guy who makes everybody else better, like Patrick Mahomes is after he got paid. Mm-hmm. Burrow's on that level. So when he says the window's open as long as I'm playing, that's basically what I'm saying here, too, is that he is reaching that level, especially if he gets a win this week. And even I would still feel that way even if he's going to fall short in the Super Bowl for a second time. Well, here's what I'll say about that. Yeah, Joe Burrow is going to be fine. He'll be a force multiplier on the offensive side of the ball. What are you going to do on defense? What are you going to do on defense? That's something to think about. Look at the secondary. Look at the contracts that are up. Mm -hmm. Both of your starting safeties are going to be free agents going into this year. You got a lot of guys that are impact players on that side of the ball that have made a difference, that have led to this defense being sixth in scoring defense, you got a lot of pieces that you're going to have to account for. And if you pay Joe Burrow, if you pay T. Higgins, undoubtedly you're going to miss some of those guys. So it's not just about Joe Burrow continuing to make the offense go, but it's about Joe Burrow continuing to make this team go because you're going to have to account for your defense potentially taking a step back. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com. Slash careers apply online today. There is how this game is going to go down and the keys to this game. Mm-hmm. And for me, on the defensive side, the biggest key lies with the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones. Mm. He has got to wreck this game. And I'm not just talking about putting pressure on Joe Burrow. The Chris, you you were on this early that this is a week where those problems on the Cincinnati offensive line should show up. We, we should see a really good defensive line who can get to the quarterback, uh, wreak havoc against that group as opposed to what we saw last week, which was an undermanned Bills team. Yeah, and, and here's the thing that you have to be concerned with. I mean, Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams didn't practice again on Thursday. So now you're talking about being down potentially those two guys going into this matchup. They already lost Lyle Collins at the end of the regular season. So three of the starters along the offensive line, three of the guys that you started out the season week one with, potentially not being in that lineup, going up against a defensive front that was second in sacks this year, Carlin. They were tops when it comes to contacting the quarterback, and they were second in pressures with 241 pressures. Think about that, Carlin, 241 pressures. I anticipate Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and George Karloffis putting Joe Burrow under siege in this game, and to me, that's where it will be won or lost for the Cincinnati Bengals. They have to find a way to be able to protect Joe Burrow or at the very least find quick answers to early pressure in the down uh, with, with Joe Burrow in the passing game. That is going to be the challenge for Zach Taylor and that offensive staff, being able to put that together because I don't have confidence that that offensive line is going to be able to hold up and perform at the same level we saw him in Buffalo where, last week. Where's the key for the Chiefs offensively? The key for the Chiefs offensively being able to run the football. It's plain and simple. Run the football. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals this season. They are 2-3 and against opponents that have 27 rush attempts or more. That's where it comes down to. And the two wins came against the dregs of the NFC South, the worst division in all of football. So you have to be able to run the ball. If you can run the ball, not only with the yardage, but also with the number of attempts, I think you dictate the complexion of the game, but you also set up opportunities for chunk plays with play-action passing. So I think that has to be what the formula is for the Chiefs. It also gives you an opportunity to protect Pat Mahomes and that high ankle sprain. Cincinnati, for me, 
the biggest factor is to continue their postseason trend of the last two years of forcing turnovers. Mm. And they have 12 in six postseason games the last two years. Okay. 12. Chris, That's a lot of turnovers. And I'll, I'll throw this into you, too. Under pressure, the quarterback who's thrown the most interceptions this year is Dak Prescott. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They have got to force Mahomes into mistakes. I actually am not that worried about the ankle injury right now because this guy's practiced in full the first couple of days. I know they're not going full out, but it doesn't seem like this is a concern right now from everything I can gather unless they're doing a heck of an acting job. Well, I mean, listen, Pat Mahomes played the entire second half against Jacksonville with a high ankle sprain and had a 110 passer rating, was 10 of 15, and had a touchdown pass. I'm not worried about Pat Mahomes in those situations, but I think a part of why I'm not worried is because I know Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy will scheme around it. They'll find ways to protect him, even if it comes to seven-man protections, max protections, two-man routes. If they have to go that route, they will because they recognize how talented, how skilled a thrower Pat Mahomes is. Even if a guy is double-covered, even if they pay a lot of attention to Travis Kelsey, he'll find ways to get him the football because that's just what Pat Mahomes does. As long as he's upright, you got a chance. But again, I think the offense has to lean into Isaiah Pacheco in the physicality of that offensive line. If they do that, I think they can dominate the line of scrimmage. And that's the thing. This time of year, physicality, especially up front on both sides of the ball, is usually what wins. If I'm looking at these two teams, I think the Kansas City Chiefs on both sides of the ball are by far the more physical of the two groups. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Up next, what are the Jets doing we get the answer from one of our NFL insiders in just moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. The New York Jets are hiring former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. He's got a proven track record of tremendous relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's ever worked with. You shouldn't hire Nathaniel Hackett because you think it'll bring you Aaron Rodgers. That's the lesson from the Broncos last year. Aaron Rodgers is the guy that they need on that football team. So this is an outstanding sign to me. 
It can't be great when you're getting a call on your off day from Greeny to get inside scoops. I don't want anyone contacting me on my off day. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, Mike Greenberg, right? My, you know, I said I told Mike today. He's he's texted me maybe three times our entire professional relationship when I got married, when I had my children, and yesterday. Go get me Aaron Rodgers. Like, <laughs> so it wasn't even a question. It was just a <laughs> yes, statement. It was, and it was with exclamation points, too. So it was, uh, it was right after the news broke, and he obviously wanted to get some insight. That was his way of trying to lure me in uh, to, to get some info. So, Diana, how do we let Greeny down gently when he comes to the realization that they're not getting yeah. Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't do anything light with him. I just straight <laughs> up. Like, Drop is, the hammer. Yeah. The spirit. Yeah, That's yeah. what you want to see. Exactly. He's always so darn happy anyway. Someone needs to bring him down. I hate those happy people out there. They're um, the worst. Yes. It's KP and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. We get to more on Nathaniel Hackett's hiring in 30 seconds. The football playoffs are here, and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, but they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of the 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. The voice you heard, of course, is that of Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. She's going to be in Kansas City this weekend. We'll get to the games in a few minutes, but let's start with Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, it can't be the main reason that they hired him, right? To try to get Aaron Rodgers? I know we're going to look back on this in six months and be like, how did we miss that? Obviously, that's why they hired him. Uh, no, you know, and I, I made some calls yesterday on it right after the hiring uh, because, you know, they, they met with a lot of different offensive coordinators over the last few weeks. And Nathaniel Hackett was one of the first few I knew that they had met with, and they liked him a lot. And I had heard some really good things about the qualities that they thought he could bring to Zach Wilson to help him improve his game. Um, you know, but then in the end, with him getting the job and, and Robert Sala saying that it was because of his relationship with him, not the Aaron Rodgers side to it. So um, the sense I get, though, is that the, the New York Jets are open to anything. Right, right now, at this point here in, in you know, end of January, that they're going to explore a lot of different things. Does that mean Aaron Rodgers? You know, I, I don't know right now. It, it's got to be on the table, though, because nobody told me no yesterday. I'll put, I'll put it that way. So that's always a good first step. Do I think this could happen? Yeah. Do I think it will? I, I, I don't. I don't at this point, knowing what it's going to take. Multiple first-rounders, $50 million. It's going to be a lot. And if... You know, Woody Johnson wants to do do that, then 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 you know he can. But I'm not sure if that's going to put the organization in a good position for success in the future. Diana, we saw the first domino fall when it comes to head coaches being hired off the coaching carousel. Frank Reich down in Carolina mm-hmm. yesterday, and I know Sean Payton interviewed down in Carolina for that job. Steve Wilkes was also looked at as a finalist. He went six and six as the interim head coach down there. What made owner David Tepper land on Frank Reich being the right guy for this job right now? Yeah, that hire actually wound up not really being a surprise because, or excuse me, a surprise to me, only because um, just checking in with people in Carolina after Frank had met with them, he received glowing reviews. Um, 
one, just the way he runs his offense and the things that he can do. They really liked what he's done in the past, obviously, and what we, we saw him in Philadelphia and, and even even with the Colts. Um, you know, I've been on the show before with Chris uh, talking about Carson Wentz and his ability, and, and I think it's quick to say, oh, he stinks. Well, th- there was actually a lot of good Carson Wentz there when he was with Frank Reich uh, in Indy. So mm-hmm. I know that they – they have a lot of confidence in what he can do offensively and knowing that, you know, the Panthers on defense are, are really good. I, you know, we, we can break down the, 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 the Carolina Panthers another time. <laughs> but in terms of his leadership, and obviously he's a lifer. Frank Reich's been around for a really long time. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you're right. Sean Payton did did uh, meet with the Carolina Panthers. But from what I sense from those conversations, it didn't really feel like a good fit. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin. And for Greeny, I want you to listen to this real quick. It's Mike McCarthy yesterday on Kellen Moore. I really don't want to play this game today. Kellen Moore and just like the rest of the coaches will be evaluated. Every coach will be evaluated. The evaluation just, it takes more one day. But by the way, Dan Quinn will be back. That was all announced in the midst of that. Uh, what was your take on what Mike McCarthy's saying and Certainly the tone that was there for McCarthy yesterday. Well, well, Chris, I know you're celebrating your 16th wedding anniversary today with your lovely you. wife. And I, I equate it to it would be like your wife saying to you, do, do you still want to be married to me after 16 years? And you going, well, let, let's, I'm going to evaluate that, right? Yeah. <laughs> things would not be good for you guys afterwards, right? Because the answer well, immediately— Well, specifically would not be good for me because my ass would be out the door pretty quickly. <laughs> and forcibly. If you're truly happy, which I believe you are, you would yes. want that answer to be— uh, of course, baby. I'd want another 16 years with you. So the, the evaluation thing is not great. And, and I know sometimes that, that falls under coach speak, right? Because they always say, oh, we're going to take a look in the mirror and you know, all those great phrases. Um, I, I, I do believe that they are going to be evaluating this and take a look at his body work at, uh, collectively over the last few seasons before they make this decision. But for now, he, he is employed with the Dallas Cowboys. Diana, earlier this week you made some waves with your tweet about Sean Payton saying that there could be a team that's waiting in the wings. Of course, that was on the heels of Jeff Duncan from the New Orleans Times-Picune mm-hmm. saying that there was a team that was expressing interest that hasn't yet made a move with their current head coach. So do you have any more insight into that situation and what could potentially happen with Sean Payton in the coming days? You always do this to me. You always hold my feet to the fire. (laughs) I I dread talking to you. (laughs) I I love talking to you, but I I hear you. Um, So yes, there is another team waiting in the wings, watching this play out as they're trying to sort out what they are doing next, what their moves are going to be. So that's, we're in a holding pattern at this point. Do I see that eventually working out? I, I do think it's a very small chance of it happening. Okay, but there is a there is a team looming that 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 has interest in Sean Payton for sure. But look, I I think Sean Payton is very comfortable with the idea of going back to TV if 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 that's what it is. I, I did not think that a few weeks ago. I thought he was really you know, trying to get back in, missing it, not enjoying the TV experience, but but that that's really changed. Diana, is there any connection to that remote possibility and Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos putting their second interview on hold? Wait, are you, are you asking that team that I'm talking about that's waiting in the wings, is that what is affecting the Denver Broncos interview? I'm, I'm no. asking oh, potentially. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. That is, that, that is not okay. standing in the way of that okay. scenario. Okay, no. It's Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. You're going to be at Arrowhead uh, covering the Bengals this week. Burrowhead. 
<sighs> the other day uh, we heard that. But listen, as far as a little bit chirpy, I guess this week leading up to the game. What do you what do you make of this week leading up to this game from a Cincinnati standpoint? Well, first the trash talking. I, I'm a big fan of it. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you should be doing it to anybody in Cincinnati, though. Um, these guys have done a really good job of using any piece of motivation they can possibly find, and, and credit to, to head coach Zach Taylor for doing that. He actually recently talked about how. He, he's just all over the internet, especially this time of year. Think about how hard it is for a head coach to find different ways to just keep your guys locked in and motivated. And, and I know those listening are probably like, well, how could you possibly be distracted this time of year? Well, you know what? This is a job like anyone else's. And, and you know, they've been doing this for 20, what is it, 21 weeks, 22 weeks now? It, it's It's been a long season. So uh, I think the Chiefs, they I don't really necessarily – believe that that was a good move for them to act like they don't um, have respect for this Bengals offense, which is just absolutely rolling right now. You know, you saw what they did against the Buffalo Bills last week. I mean, at some point it looked like the Bills weren't even playing football. Yeah. I mean, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and they're running the clock out. It, it, they were stunned. Uh, and even talking to Bills players after that, just trying to see if, you know, what, what do you guys, would you catch on from the Bengals? What was different about them than you've seen in, in you know, years past or from other teams? And it's, there's a, a belief in each other out on the field as they're communicating in a way almost, almost as if they're talking, but they're not, um, which was tremendous to, to just kind of paint a picture of how much this team is just on the same page right now. And then, of course, we can get into the defense and what their plans are going to be to slow down Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, look, it looks like he's he's moving in the right direction, right, with this injury? Yeah. With this, you know, the plant foot, and we saw him run in stride in practice. We're all dissecting the video. I think we're going to see uh, more, obviously, at the start of the game, and that's really going to determine how this defense is going to play them. But without his mobility, without his ability to extend plays, I do think he's a different Patrick Mahomes. I still think they can have success, but you're not going to get um, the magic that we see in, in, in the playoffs past. Travel safe, dress warm. Should be good. All right, that's it, huh? That's all I get. Wow. Wow. I was gonna I was waiting. Dear Diana's coming back. I was waiting for the invite for the next two hours, but you know what? I'm gonna go have lunch. You have an open door policy here. You have a segment on our show, Diana. I do. We we had production made for you and we're like seriously, it's my sixteenth anniversary. You my know, but you know what, like, big yeah. fella? This is not the first time. I, like, that was I the mean, same this is reaction. Not, this is not the yeah. first time one of our guests was not feeling the love from your intro or outro with them. So maybe this is a you problem. Well, maybe you need to fix these days. Maybe you need to fix it. Like you maybe, said, it's my maybe, anniversary. I get that you problem thing a lot. Maybe you need to look in the mirror. Exactly. I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. Don't, don't be the Aaron Rodgers of Sports Talk Radio. Oh, dear God. No. <laughs> Kathy and Carlin on ESPN Radio in for Greeny. Diana Rossini will be with the Bengals Sunday in Kansas City. As far as Philadelphia is concerned, Canty, look, I, I from with the Eagles right now, Jalen Hurts has so much to gain with a performance this week that, for me, a performance that matches what he has done all year this week. Mm -hmm. And for me, the reason is there are just too many still non-believers out there in his ability. When you were talking about Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, Jalen Hurts, for both of us, I believe, is at the very top of Tier 2. With yeah. the way he has played yeah, this Yeah, season. I don't know everybody that's in Tier 2, but yeah. he is the first quarterback in Tier 2. So, period. with that being the case, and there have been so many people that still don't necessarily believe in his ability, 
This, to me, is where the proven ground is. Mm. When you are on the biggest stages this week and, of course, in the Super Bowl, I I absolutely believe believe the Eagles are going to get home. But I think Jalen Hurts has got the most to gain out of this game at either of these quarterbacks. And for the other one, it could be a starting job next year. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles have squared off against a team quite like the San Francisco 49ers and what they're bringing to the party from a talent standpoint. When you look at the matchup, Carlin, these two rosters are pretty even. I mean, both of them have six all-pro players on their team. I think the 49ers have six pro bowlers, and the Eagles have eight pro bowlers. So it's pretty evenly matched. But when you look at it, the biggest glaring difference between the two is the quarterbacks. And I think that will be on full display come Sunday afternoon when you see Jalen Hurts take the field going up against Brock Purdy, a rookie quarterback who was Mr. Irrelevant. I think Jalen Hurts, in terms of his dynamism, is going to make an impact not only in the run game, but also in the passing game. D'Amico Ryan's an old-school philosophy defensive coordinator. You know that he's going to want to try to stop the run, Carlin. And why wouldn't you? Because you know that this Philadelphia Eagles team can run the football better than any team in the National Football League just based on the skill set of Jalen Hurts along with their running backs. You're going to lose if the Philadelphia Eagles can run the ball at will. So the 49ers' only chance in this matchup is to make them one-dimensional. And that's where I think we'll see the growth on display from Jalen Hurts as a passer. And I think that is the biggest question that a lot of people have. Can Jalen Hurts win at the highest levels of the sport, going up against an elite defense, beating them with his arm. That is something that Jalen Hurts can do in terms of answering that question this weekend. He was asked the question this week about the 49ers defense. They're really good all across the board, you know, and starts off with their front seven and, and then having a really good defensive back group. They fly to the ball. They're disruptive at every position. They're well coached. We have a task in front of us. We have a really good challenge, really big challenge in front of us. And as always, we just want to go out there and execute, you know, try and be efficient. Listen, I, I, I think that Jalen Hurts has the skill set, Chris, that translates against most defenses, if not all. Like, he is so good at making plays where there are none. Yeah. That even if you're a dominant defensive front, like San Francisco is, yeah. you can neutralize that. Yeah. And, and listen, the run game's a big way to do it, but Jalen Hurts making plays on the run is a big way to do it too. And remember, he's still coming back from the shoulder injury, so what does that look like this week? Yeah, I think that's also going to be a factor for the remainder of the playoffs, even if the Eagles advance to the Super Bowl. But here's the thing, Carlin. We talk about what Jalen Hurts has to gain. First of all, we know he's going to be the future of the Philadelphia Eagles at quarterback. Right. But what does that contract extension this offseason look like? Like, quite literally, Jalen Hurts has the most to gain between the two quarterbacks in this game because Jalen Hurts is going to be up for the bag. And if you talk about taking this team in your second year as a starter to a Super Bowl, man, now all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is looking at a top-of-the-market contract for a quarterback, which means he's going to be among the highest-paid players in the NFL this offseason. See, I think he's getting it either way right now. Yeah, he's getting it either way, but Carlin, if he gets to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl, all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is the highest-paid player in the league. The highest-paid player in the league. That's what's at stake right now for Jalen Hurts. See, I never get wrapped up in that because it usually lasts Well, you don't, but I can tell you players do. No, I understand Every that. player is thinking about that. how long does that. that last? It lasts about a month. You know, until the next guy gets paid. And then they're the next highest paid, especially but, when you but, have But just think about how far Jalen Hurts would have come in just seven months. 
Think about it. The Eagles weren't sold on Jalen Hurts being their franchise quarterback. That's why they traded back with the New Orleans Saints in 2022 in order to pick up a 2023 first-round draft pick. They had two first-round draft picks in 2023 just in case Jalen Hurts in his second season, which was a proven season, in case he proved that he wasn't the guy. Now he's proven that he is the guy and could potentially be the highest-paid player in the league. He's already an all-pro quarterback, but think about what air – what perception that puts him in in the National Football League. There was a bad decision made in the league yesterday, and many are already trying to spin it. We'll explain in just moments. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. The football playoffs are here, and nothing beats seeing your favorite teams live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. Greeny, the podcast. It's all surface level stuff. It doesn't matter uh, what the connections are. Everyone's got a connection to everybody in this league. But uh, the most important thing was finding a guy who we felt could continue developing our young guys um, at a very high level and uh, a guy who's done it before, a guy who's had success in this league with a variety of different quarterbacks. And uh, and like I said, every single, every after every interview, just went back to my list to just kind of review where we stood. And Nathaniel checked every box. He's got experience, but... It's too soon for Nathaniel Hackett, and if he was hired to get Aaron Rodgers, that's even more of a mistake. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Tune in to an NBA doubleheader tomorrow night as the Nets host the Knicks, followed by the Lakers and Celtics, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 5 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Canty, I, I, even if it's to get Aaron Rodgers, it's a mistake. I I don't ultimately think that Aaron Rodgers comes here because of it. Mm -hmm. I actually believe it's the best place. When I say here, I mean New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I say it's the best place for Aaron Rodgers, it's because of the weapons that he will have around him to work with, which are pretty darn good and what should be a solid offensive line and a very good defense. Having said all of that, Aaron Rodgers for the Jets, I don't even fully believe is the right decision. And... I'm sorry if I can't so easily wipe away what happened in Denver this year when that offense was as atrocious as it was. Is it all on Russell Wilson? Because that's the way it's being spun right now. Well, here's the thing. It can't be all on Russell Wilson. Nathaniel Hackett was the play caller for the majority of the season, and that was disaster. They were record Bad. I mean, historically bad in the red zone. The offense was awful on third down. They just couldn't score any points, Carlin. And this was the guy that was supposed to be orchestrating all of it with a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback. So to think that he's going to come to New York and their offensive woes are going to be that much better, I find it hard to believe, man. And this is an offense that just needs competent quarterback play in order for this team, Carlin, to get to the postseason and potentially go on a deep playoff run. Carlin, this team finished 7-10 and this year. Had they been league average in terms of scoring points, had they averaged around 22 points a game, this team would have been 12-5. and It wouldn't have been a question of whether or not they could get into the postseason. And that's got to be the most disappointing part. Now, when it gets to the Rodgers of it all, it's about the cost-benefit. Is it going to be worth bringing in a 40-year-old quarterback 
that's going to make $110 million over the next two years, is it going to be worth the price in terms of what it does to your cap? But then also, is it going to be worth the compensation that has to go back to Green Bay? And in the backdrop, you have Nathaniel Hackett, Carlin. What the hell is Nathaniel Hackett proven in the National Football League as a play caller, as a coordinator, or as a head coach? Not a damn thing. I mean, his claim to fame is the 2017 season down in Jacksonville when they were a top-five offense and Blake Bortles got to an AFC championship game. Blake Bortles, in that season, 21 touchdown passes to 13 interceptions. Not a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I don't see Nathaniel Hackett as a guy that's all of a sudden going to get this offense going in the right direction. I also don't see him as a guy that's going to develop the young quarterback, Zach Wilson. And that's what Rob Sala is trying to tout this move as. And Carlin, I just don't see it as such. Now, this is a hell of a hell of a wagon to hitch yourself to going into a year, which our very own Rich Samini, who covers the Jets for ESPN, said that it's a prove-it year for the head coach and for the general manager. I just don't know that Nathaniel Hackett is the guy that you want to be tied to and bet your job security on. I wouldn't bet my job security on either one of them. I really wouldn't. How interested is Aaron Rodgers in actually winning right now? Chris, if they trade for him, is he showing up at OTAs? Don't know. Is he going to go work and do all the extra things you need to do? Is he going to have all of the receivers come to his house or go meet somewhere and go throw this offseason and get to know these guys? Because he wasn't willing to do that for the guys in Green Bay last year. That's a problem. That's a problem. And, yeah, it speaks to commitment. And I don't believe Aaron Rodgers is committed to anything but himself at this juncture in his career. And as far as Nathaniel Hackett's concerned, you know, they had a great year in 2017. Not because Blake Bortles had a great year. That defense was outstanding. It was. And by the way, it was probably Leonard Fournette's best year in the league. And that was his rookie year. Yeah. So let's not mince words as far as what happened. He didn't have a bad season, but nobody sits here. Nobody before he was hired last year sat there and thought, God, you know what's going to make our offense that much better? If we get Nathaniel Hackett to be our coordinator. Yeah. Nobody thought that. And I think some of us were genuinely surprised that he got hired in Denver. Yeah. I mean, it's a hell of a gamble to go with Nathaniel Hackett, Carlin. I don't think the stink of what happened in Denver is worn off on him. But make no mistake about it. The motivation for this move has to be going after Aaron Rodgers. That's it. What do we like to do, Canty? We like to make people money. We're going to do that next. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.